you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Job chapter number 1, and I'm going to point out a few verses to you. You can remain seated uh, this morning. The Bible says this in verse number 1, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And you can read on there about his, his, his substances there. Um, uh, in verse number six, it says this, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And you, we're going we're to cover some more things. But, uh, skip over to verse, uh, number, uh, um, uh, verse number 20. It said, Then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. We're going to look this morning at the life of Job, and we're going to dig deep into his life this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you do for us, God. I thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your peace, God. And God, I want to go ahead and thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the mountains. But God, I'm going to go ahead and thank you for the valleys as well, God. And God, I know that every person in here is going to, at some point in their life, travel uh, into a valley, God. Um, they're going to travel into a, a low spot of their life, God. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us through one, God. I pray, God, that you would help us this morning, God, to help your people, God, um, and uh, to just show up in a mighty way this morning, God. God, I know I may not be preaching straight salvation this morning, God, but God, I will say if there's one here lost underneath the sound of my voice, God, um, that, uh, that you'll convict their heart, God, show them their lost condition and show them they need you. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I about said you could be seated. We're creatures of habit, if y'all didn't know that. But you can be seated if you want to, or you can stand up if you would like. Uh, just don't stand up in your seat, all right? That's all I ask. But anyway, uh, the life of Job. Um, I, 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 I've got an outline here. I probably got, I, I cut it. I had like 13 pages. Uh, I cut it down. I think I'm at four pages. And I may not even look at it. I don't know. I've got my thoughts. I'm going to give you, I want to give you my points because uh, I think they'll help you. I really just want to talk to you about the life of Job. One of the men in the Bible that I think is probably a very practical man is the man is the life of Job. Um, you need to know this about the book of Job, though. It's probably one of the oldest writings in our Bible. Uh, you say, well, it wasn't Genesis the first. Yeah, it was. It talks about, it covers the events of creation, and it covers the events of early. But more than likely, the book of Job was written before the book of Genesis was ever penned down. You study out the book of Job, you'll find no mention of law um, in the book of Job. Um, Job does not talk about the law, nowhere in it. And so there, that gives us a good indication that it is a very, very old book. Um, and uh, the fact that uh, Job is in the land of us. Um, you study out the land of us, you will find out that it is a very old land. It is a very big uh, 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 stretch of land, um, but it's a very old stretch of land. Um, that does, it does exist today, but it is not called the land of us. Um, so there's indications that this book is a very old book and that this book was probably written before the law was ever given. So understand that. 
But we're not going to dig into the heart of Job today. We're just going to look at the life and, and the struggles that Job faced and, and how he handled these things and, and the, what he done when he went through a hard time. It's been said this about um, uh, trials and troubles. You're either in storms of this life. You're either going into a storm. You're either, in, you're either going... Oh, let me get it right here. You're either in a storm. You're either fixing to go in a storm or you're just now coming out of a storm. Somewhere in, the, in our walk of life, that's where we're at today. You're either in a storm, you're either coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. Uh, you may not know what it is, but that's just the way of life. Y'all know this, I love weather. Um, can I say there's something about weather that, it, that I love? Is It's very consistent. Um, and what I mean by that is there's always weather happening. Um, uh, weather is going on. One of the, my favorite things to do is I go to the NOAA website, the National uh, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, Organization Associate. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the NOAA website. Um, you can follow it through there, and I love going to the National Hurricane uh, Center's website. They got the best maps, just so you know. And I love watching the live, Brother Zach, the live satellite views. Um, I love it. And then I love watching this, the loop that you can do, and you can fast forward. And what you're going to see is there's constant storms that are hitting every uh, part of the world. Can I say this right here? If the storms of this world, the physical, actual storms, were to quit turning on earth, can I say what that means? We're probably going to die very soon. We have to have storms to live. And can I say that as your Christian walk, you have to have storms to make it. Can I tell you, the storms that you face is what makes you a better Christian. I'll say this about your storm this morning. Your storm will either make you better or it'll make you bitter. Your storm will either help you or it will hurt you. What happens in the outcome of that storm is completely and teetotally up to you. God's given you everything you need to conquer your storm. God's given you everything you need to go through your storm. What does he say in the book of Psalms? He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He's already telling you you're going through the valley. And can I say this this morning? You're going to face storms. You're going to have storms in your life. Can I say this right here? Um, uh, children, your parents are not perfect. Can I say this right here? Your parents, uh, Colt and Kyler, wherever y'all are at, your parents are not perfect, all right, boys? Your daddy is, not, is far from perfect. Can I say that? If you want perfect, you're not going to find it, okay? There's going to be, you're going to find trouble with your parents. Husband and wife, can I say this right here? You're going to find trouble. There, there is no if and buts about it. You may say, oh, well, we're in so much love. You better hang on tight. I'm here to tell you it's coming, all right? Oh, but we're in love. We love each other. I love my wife, but we have troubles. Can I tell you what? We, we do. Can I, I'll be the first to tell you. We have troubles. Uh, and if we're all honest with each other, we all do. Um, and no matter what it is in your life, your job, you say, I love my job. My job will never do me wrong. Hold on a minute. I'll ask you, I'll ask you next week. You may eat those words in the morning, all right? Uh, I'm just going to tell you that. But I'll say this right here. I'm, I'm, we're on it. Your church ain't perfect. Your pastor ain't perfect, all right? You're going to face storms. So why don't we just get over the fact that we're going to go through a storm, all right? Now let's focus on how we're going to get through it, how we're going to get through it. Job went through some dark times in his life. Let me just give you a little overview of his life. Look what the Bible says here. It says, There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters, ten youngins. Bless his heart, all right? Bless his ten youngins, all right? Ten youngins, all right? That's a blessing to have. Every kid's a blessing. Can I, we just say that? I love my boys, but they're a handful, but I love my boys, all right? 
ten youngins. Now look what the Bible says. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke. Guess what that means? That's 1,000 oxen and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. He was rich. He had everything. He was a very wealthy man. Job had it all. But one day, remember the son, what the Bible says right there in verse number 6, that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now, I don't have time to go into that verse. I really don't. But I'm here to tell you, you can tie that into Isaiah 66, 24, I believe it is. And you can tie it into Revelation. And there's a lot in that verse right there. I don't have time to go into it. But we're going to look at the last half of that verse where it says, And Satan also came. So the children of, or the, 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 the children of God, the sons of God came to present themselves before God. Then Satan showed up. And Satan walks up to God. I, in my mind, I picture a line of people. You know, I see a picture of a line of the sons of God, and they're all going, all right, I'm nervous. They're probably rehearsing what they're going to say before God. And then they look over, and here comes this old, old, the old serpent, just comes slithering right by and passes every one of them in the line and walks right up to the throne of God and says, Hey, God, I got, I got a problem. He says, I've been going, as the Bible says here, came also among them. The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. That just shows you right there that even Satan prays. Just because you pray don't make, don't make you a child of God. I'm just going to tell you that. Just because you call on God don't mean you're a child of God. Even Satan prayed. We'll just leave it at that and move on. But the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou not considered my servant? Now understand this right here. So Satan comes before God. We see a picture right here of 1 Peter. I believe it's 5.8 or 8.5. I may, I may be backwards on there. It's either 5.8 or 8.5 where it says that, the, the, uh, that Satan is like a lion. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's walking to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may get, whom he may um, um, go walking up and down into the earth, looking for somebody. And um, God looks at him and says this right here, Hast thou not considered my servant Job? And can I say this right here? Can God count on you if he needs you? You could preach a message on that. Can God count on you? God needed a man, and he had Job. Can you be that man? But anyway, I'm not preaching on that today. I'm going somewhere else. Can you be that man? We see that God shows Satan who that he wants. Well, then we find out as we go on through there, you'll find out that there's a hedge about Job. And Satan says, don't you have a hedge about him that I can't get to him? And can I say this right here? If you're a child of God this morning, you got a hedge about you. Satan can't get to you. Can I say this right here? The only part of Satan that's allowed to get to you is what God allows to happen. Um, can I say this right here? A lot of people look at the life of Job and they'll say this right here. Look, Satan has all the control. No, Satan was allowed to go as far in Job's life as God let him, all right? Anyway, come to find out, Job is selected by God for Satan to test. He said, test him. See what happens. Now, say this right here. You may say, well, God's tempting me. God tempts no man. But he does test people. He will put you through a test. Can I say this right here? Your storm may not be here to punish you. The storm that you're in right now or that storm you see coming down the pipeline or that storm that you just came out of, can I say this right here? That may not be to punish you. It may not be to punish you for your sins. It may just be God saying, I'm going to test them a little bit. I'm going to test them a little bit. And we know that as, the, as the, the story goes on that Satan takes Job's 
starts out in the first chapter. We're just looking at the first chapter of his life here. He takes all of his animals, takes his farm, and his kids also goes on to die. And when they die, and he's given all this news all at one time, all this at one time, he's given all this terrible news. Job pins down, or Job says these famous words. He shaved his head, he rent his mantle, and he fell down on the ground and worship and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord give, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, even after, even after Satan came and got everything that he had, even though Satan came and killed his kids, even though Satan um, uh, took all of his farm away from him, he lost everything that he had. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Understand this right here. These are words from God, okay? And the word of God says this in all of this. Even God realizes exactly what Job was put through. Even God realizes what you're going through. Can I say this right now? When you hurt, God hurts. And say when you hurt, He knows your pain. He knows your struggles. He understands your struggles. Understand that about God. He sees it. He cares for you. He has sympathy for you. So I want to look at the life of Job and some things that were his duties that he did um, when his life hit rock bottom. Number one, if, you, if your life has hit rock bottom this morning or if you're in a storm this morning, number one, let me tell you what you need to do. You ready? It's deep this morning, all right? You must have a devotion to God. Can I say this right now? When I see the life of Job, I see Job, even though there was a storm that God allowed to happen on his life, can I answer, why, why does God allow these things to happen? I can't answer that question. Why does, why, why does God take a child out of this world so early? I, I can't answer that question. Why did God make my mama go through cancer and then die at a very early age of 57? Did, 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 why? I can't answer that question. I don't know that question. I don't know why God did it. I just got to have a devotion to Him that He knows what's best for my life. And can I say right here, you need to have a devotion to God. Job had a devotion. Job. He lost, that. Many, he lost everything. Many of us would have reached out in anger or frustration. And a lot of commentaries will say this right here, that Job did, that Job rent his mantle. That is him being, that means he grabbed it and ripped it out of frustration. No, it was not out of frustration. you got to understand manners and customs of that day, that it was for him to rent his mantle. That is a worship to God. That is a way to worship God. And what he was doing, he did not go and say, God, I'm so mad, and he ripped his shirt. He got and it punched nothing. I get, I'm a puncher. I'm not as bad as I used to be. But Lord have mercy, you get make me mad about 15 years ago. I'd put a hole through a wall. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I had to explain why there was a, a hole in the wall one time on my door. I'm, I'm too probably too honest as a pastor. Um, I probably shouldn't be as honest. I had to explain to my mama, Miss Dina, one time why there was a hole in my wall, and I said it don't match my fist. And Dad, if I didn't pull it right in there, Miss Ashland, and my fist lined up perfect. And I had to come clean. Yeah, I punched it. You know, I, I done that. Daddy made me go fix it, all right? Um, but uh, that is not how you handle things, okay? You, you don't handle it like that. But Job, he didn't rent his mantle out of frustration. He didn't rent his mantle because he was mad. He was doing that to worship God. He was doing it in a way to give God all the glory. Can I say this right now? If you're going through a storm, you're in a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm, can I tell you what you need to do today? You just need to worship God. You need to set in your mind that you're going to have a devotion directly dedicated to God. Don't have a devotion toward man. Don't have a devotion toward God or toward uh, this world. Have a devotion straight to God Himself and give Him all the glory. Give him, start thanking Him for your storms. When's the last time that storm that you're going through, you said, God, thank you for it. 
Thank you, Lord, for trusting me with this storm. It's, when you're in the storm, I promise you that's hard to do. I promise you it's hard to do. But if you'll get to that point where you can thank God for your storm, you can praise His holy name for your storm, you'll see God do amazing things in your life. Will He take you out of that storm? I can't, I can't promise you nothing. But I promise you, you will help yourself during that storm. Job did. Job prayed. Can I say this right here? You may say, what? where do you get all this? Job 13, 15 says this. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Job says that even if, even if the Lord takes his life, he will still trust in the Lord. What about you? Are you willing to say, God, if you take my life, if you take my life today, I'm still going to trust you. How many of us can do that? Not many of us in here. We, we, there's where our faith is weak. We've got to trust God in our storms. You say this right here. Why is this important? Think about this right here. Anybody know how a pearl is made? A pearl that comes out of an oyster. Oyster, oyster, oyster. However you say them things. Last time I'm saying it, don't make me say it again. Those things in the ocean that makes pearls. Y'all ever seen how one's made? I learned something. I'm doing some study about it. That oyster gets very uncomfortable when that pearl is being made. A piece of sand will lodge itself in the soft tissue. And it will become, and then a chemical reaction happens. I don't know. I looked at the science of it. That made me more confused than anything. But there's a scientific reaction that happens there, and it's, it's basically God makes it happen, you know, so that we can have this illustration, I believe. And this pearl is created from the oyster. But that pearl, that beautiful pearl that we get to see the end result of, we get to see the beauty of it at the end. That's the pearl. It is made, and that oyster had to be uncomfortable. Can I say this right here? Your storm is probably going to make you uncomfortable. Can I say this right here? If, if, if you're comfortable in your storm, it may not be a storm you're facing. It may be sin. You better be careful. But your storm, you'll be uncomfortable in the storm. And can I say this right here? There's going to take a lot of pressure in the, under the storm. But if you'll stick in the fight and you'll give devotion to God, you'll come out as a pearl at the end. You'll come out as a pearl at the end. I see, number one, I see there must be a devotion to God. But I see, number two, there must be a dependence on God. Job depended on God. Let me give you this quote. Devotion is what we can do. Devotion is in our own strength. Devotion is something we do. Devotion is what we can do. Trusting God is what He can do. Now, dependence is trusting God on what He can do. Let me get it right. Let me somebody say it right this time. Devotion is what we can do. Dependence is trusting God on what He can do. Dependence is when we let our own desires and our own abilities to the side and say, God, I depend on you. Can I say this right here? If you're going through your storm this morning, you need to learn a dependence on God. When the disciples, y'all know, know the story of Jesus walking on the water, right? Y'all know over there when Peter had his dependence on himself, he began to sink. See, he didn't start sinking until he took his eyes off the Savior. He got his eyes back on what he came from. All right, let me put it this way. What, what I'm trying to say is this. The boat, he was safe on the boat, but he was in his storm on the boat. His, his boat was his comfort zone. He took his eyes off God, got out of his comfort zone, but when he started to sink is when he started looking back to his comfort zone and what made him comfortable and what made him, y'all understand where I'm coming at here now. He had to turn around and get out of his comfort zone, get out of what made him comfortable and put his whole dependence upon God.
Can I say this right here? The greatest thing you can ever do in your life is live a life fully dependent upon God. I told y'all a few weeks ago, I talked to a preacher that talked to a missionary, and that missionary said that America has forgotten how to pray because we don't have to depend on God for food. How many people this morning you depended on God for your breakfast? I put my hand in my pocket. How many of you did? I don't think any of us can say we did, honestly. We all went to got a job, most of us, worked for it, paid for it, paid for our own food. Are we right? We lost that. When you get, when you truly have to depend on God to provide your next meal, think about that. The children of Israel, when they was out, in the, when they came through the, the Red Sea, y'all remember they didn't have nothing to eat? Y'all remember over there that they went out to the fields and every day they, they would empty the field and they would have just enough to feed um, the children of Israel for that day. At the end of the day, they'd look back out in the field and the field was empty. Wake up the next morning and the field was full. Can I say this right here? That's truly depending on God. That's total dependence upon God. And can I say this right here? We need to get to the point in our storms or in our trials or our troubles or whatever's going on in our life that we depend on God to get us through it. So many times we want to get through it on our own. Can I say, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of even being somebody being sick. We depend on that doctor to give us the right answers to heal us. Am I right on that? Every one of us, if we, uh, if, if we end up getting the, the bad news this week that we got the giant C word, not COVID, cancer, um, and we get cancer this week, can I tell you what we're going to do? We're going to depend on that doctor uh, to make the right decisions, to, to give us, get us on the right treatment plan. Can I say, well, our doctor, we, don't, we, need, we need to have less dependence on our doctor and more dependence on God. I'm not saying doctors are bad. Understand what I'm going by. Understand the application behind that. What I'm saying is if you're going through a storm this morning, put your dependence on God. Put your dependence on God. All right? I'm going to repeat my quote one more time. Devotion is what we can do. That's in our ability. Everything that we can do. Dependence is trusting God on what He can do. You may be able to handle your storm, but can I say this right now? You're going to handle it better if you'll just trust God. There is, there must be a devotion to God, and there must be a dependence upon God. But thirdly, right here, look right here. There must be diligence before God. While it is true that men are to trust in the Lord for everything, we are still expected to do all we can do. Look at chapter number 2, verse number 8. The Bible says this. And he took him a... Um, a, a, a potsherd of scrap himself, took him a pot, I'm not going to try to say that word, potsherd, to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. We find Job sitting in the ash pile, scraping his own sores with a piece of broken pottery. He's doing everything that he can do to help himself. And can I say this, what you need to do? You need to do everything you can to make yourself feel better. The Bible says this, I think it was Paul said it, to think yourself happy. To think yourself happy. Can I say here, and this is something I've been working on, though I want to preach a whole message on it, but can I tell you, can I tell you what's, I hate to use this terminology, but I don't have it, I'm going to say, what's everybody's problem is, can I say this right here? When you get in your storm, the biggest problem you face in your storm has nothing, it's probably not your storm, it's this thing between your ears, it's your head. Can I say this right here? This hurts us more than anything else. 90% of the world's problems could be solved if people would get out of their own heads. People would get out of their own head and start and think ourselves happy. Can I say this right here? Your mind is something you need to take care of. Can I say right here, your mind, your, your brain is a muscle. You need to do everything you can 
to strengthen that muscle and to make it strong. Can I tell you what hurts us while we are a, a, a and, I, and I believe anxiety is real. Let me just, let me go back to, I'm going to change it from believe. I know without a shadow of a doubt, anxiety is real. But can I tell you what's increased anxiety? I'll tell you what you're doing when you're scrolling on your phone. You're just, your brain ain't doing nothing. There is no muscle being used. Well, I play brain games on my phone. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's a bunch of hogwash. Y'all know what hogwash is? You'll figure it out one day. When you get off your phone, you'll go Google it. And you'll figure out what hogwash is. It's a bunch of hogwash, all right? You need to strengthen your brain. How do you strengthen your brain? Can I tell you what you do? This is something that I believe that is missed by most Christians. Most Christians pray. Can we get, a, can we, can we, can we get an amen on that? Most Christians have a no problem with pray. We all can ask God for what we need, right? No problem with that. I would say this right here. Probably most Christians don't have a problem reading the Bible. I'd say most Christians don't have a problem opening up their Bible and reading a chapter a day or, or a couple of verses a day or, or just staying having a healthy dose of the Word of God in their life. Here's something that I think that we all miss on. Meditating on God's Word. Can I tell you what you need to do someday? Can I tell you what you need to do sometime? You need to read a verse of Scripture and then let that Scripture just play over and over in your mind. Think about it. Meditate on it. Go out there. i tell you what you need to do. Get you a cup of coffee and a rocking chair and sit out and just watch the sunrise. Watch the sun go down. Watch the sunrise or the sunset and just let your mind meditate on the Word of God. That is strengthening your mind. Can I say right here's half your problem right here is in your mind. But that is something that we, I said all that to say this, that you need to do everything you can do in your power and everything in your power to make yourself and to think yourself happy. Job is laying here in the ashes where he last worshiped God at. If you want to, I'll catch you up in the story. He ends up losing, we know he loses his children, he loses his farm. We know eventually God ends up taking his wife, he loses her. She even says, she even wants him to curse God and die. Um, she wants to get rid of him. And, or she wants him to get rid of God. And so everything's turned his back on His friends end up turning his back on him. Job ends up in the ashes of where he last worshipped God at. There's your way to get out of your storm. Go back to where you last worshipped God at. Physically go back there and sit in the ashes. He went back to the ashes and he sits there. But he didn't just sit there and worship God and say, Thank you, Lord, praise like we should. He started to work. He said, I need to help myself. And he broke a piece of pottery and he grabbed that pottery and started scraping those boils that were on his body. He was doing everything he could to help himself. And can I say what you need to do this morning? You do everything you can to help yourself. When the church doors are open, be at church. You're going through a trial, where every morning when you wake up, grab your Bible. Can I say this right here? If you're coming out of a trial, every morning when you wake up, get your Bible. When you go to bed at night, read your Bible. Quit letting the news be the last thing you see when you go to bed. That's what's the problem with our mind. We let whatever we see on our phone be the last thing that we hear before we go to bed. And then all night long, our, our consciousness, which is awake, is, is meditating on what we heard. Let the Bible be the last thing you hear and see how it changes your life. Do everything that you can do in order to help yourself. We don't help ourselves none. Trials come, we run from God. Trials come, we don't go to church. I never understood this. Preacher, I'm having such a hard time with this, that, and the other. I just can't be at church. I can't be there. What? You should never be that point to where you can't come to church and get help. I say this right here. That is the devil working in you, and you need to get him out of your head. 
Preacher, I'm just, I'm telling you, mentally, I just can't be at church this morning. Where does that come from? Give me the Bible where it says you do, when your mind ain't right, don't go to church. Find me that in the Bible. You need to help yourself. Most people that are having troubles this morning, they're not sitting in a church house. Most people that are having trouble this morning, they didn't open their Bible and read this morning. Can I say most people that are in trouble, they don't, they don't get up and pray. You need to do everything that you can do. I'll say this. I'm going to give you another example. I don't know why God's got me on this list right here, but I'm, I'm going to give you more example. If I got, if my house is on fire, I'm not going to call the police department to come put it out. I'm going to call the fire department. All right? I'm going to put this fire out. Jeff, uh, Jimmy's going to come running. All right? Uh, He's going to come get his, gonna put this fire out for me. All right? Zach's going to put the fire out. I'm not going to call them. All right? I, if, if, I get, if I got a horse that needs to be shod, I'm not going to call the carpenter. I'm going to call the farrier. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this. We all look for help in the wrong place. When God's given us everything that we need, we need to do everything in our power to put ourselves in the best position to get help, not run from it all. I can't be around church people right now because it's just too hard to see them. When I go to church, I think about my, my grandma or my mama, and I just, it just makes me miss them. You're going to let the devil do that to you. I mean, come on, for real. You're going to let the devil do that to you. Don't let him. He's going to use it. You gave him that in. You let him hear it. You give him that in. Anyway, there needs to be some diligence for us to do everything we can. As we come and get us a verse of some song, there needs to be a devotion to God. We need to have our devotion on God. Then there needs to be a dependence on God. Don't trust God with just our little things. Trust God with everything. Have a dependence on God. Then we need to do our, 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 our diligence. But then there must be a declaration about God. Job said this right here. He said, and Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. We don't have a problem with falling on the ground. Kid today, Colt at some point today, I'll probably get on to him. Kyler's picked this up all of a sudden. You get on to Kyler and what does he do? Throws himself on the ground. Christians, we may not physically throw ourselves on the ground, but we throw ourselves on the ground. We ain't got a problem throwing a hissy fit, right? Oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. My pastor used to say, oh, get a hold of that. Uh, drive, uh, uh, drive the poor, poor, pitiful me train and toot that horn. Toot, toot. Poor, poor, pitiful me. That's what we'll do. We ain't got a problem with that. Here's where Job done something different, though. He worshiped God. He fell on the ground to worship God. He, had a, he declared God as God. And can I say what you need to do this morning? If you're going through a storm, declare him. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just declare God. Where can I start at, preacher? From my storm, start with God. 